anxiety hacks, proven techniques, tools, and tips to calm this. Listen with therapist and author Kate Hudson-Hall as she chats with professionals who share with us excellent ways to calm your anxious behaviours. For more help to relieve your anxiety, check out her exceptional book, Anxiety Hacks, on Amazon. Hello, and welcome to Anxiety Hacks podcast, where we explore the power of mindfulness and holistic healing to overcome anxiety and achieve lasting peace of mind. We like that lasting peace of mind. So before I begin, I just want to mention my audio book. The Anxiety Hacks audio book has just recently been launched, which I'm very excited about, and it's on all the major platforms. So it would be great if you would like to go and check it out. Like I say, it's on Audible and Spotify and everywhere else. So check that out for help with your anxiety. Now, today we're joined by Jamie T., a grey area drinking coach and course creator with a passion for helping individuals create positive change in their lives with a focus on mindset and habit shifts. Jamie empowers clients to take control of their drinking habits and achieve their non-drinking goals. Jamie knows that making lasting change requires addressing underlying beliefs and behaviours, and she'll share her insights on how this approach can also be applied to managing anxiety. So welcome and Thank you for joining us for a transformative conversation on taking control of your mental health and living your best life. So, Jamie, here she is. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So now tell us, so um, you work with mainly with clients um, to help them to reduce, stop their alcohol behaviors? Yes. Um, gray area drinkers in particular, and a lot of people don't really know what that term is. Um, so we'll just break it down a little bit further. It's for wellness minded individuals who are looking to kind of change their relationship with alcohol. And uh, I focus specifically on ending the moderation madness, which is fueling this anxiety for so many people. And um, when we talk about gray area drinking, there is like a spectrum that we um, kind of identify on when it comes to drinking habits. So a lot of people think that it's either I'm the one drink wonder, I can have my my one drink on New Year's Eve, or the complete other end of the spectrum where we're talking about addiction and alcoholism. And so many people aren't in these two boxes. They're somewhere in the middle, in the gray zone. And so this movement of sober curiosity has popped up. And I'd say in the last decade, it's really taken off in the last five years where people are just not necessarily identifying, like I said, in one of the other ends of the spectrum. They're finding themselves in the middle. And the only solution they know how to tackle this drinking habit is to moderate except moderation doesn't work for them. It's quite the opposite. And I help people realize moderation isn't the solution. It's actually the problem. It's actually fueling these hangover, shame, anxiety spirals that you stay stuck in 
So when we start focusing and pivoting on uh, different solutions that don't include moderation, actually just taking a look at your drinking habit and what we can do to end the moderation madness, we start to release and really kind of naturally start to release or lift some of this anxiety that you're experiencing. Okay. So, um, so if they are not moderating their drinking, what, what should they, should they be doing? Um, taking a break to look at this drinking habit, give yourself so a little at the time drinking off. habits. I'm sorry. Look at it. So it's looking at the drinking habits. Correct. Mm -hmm. Giving yourself a little bit of space, taking a time out, however long that looks for you, but actually getting in there and working my area of expertise is mindset and habit shifts. So we're going to take a look at what your limiting beliefs, that negative self-talk looks like, what it's telling you about your drinking habit. And then we pivot and we take a look at the habits that you've built in your day-to-day -day and how we need to shift that away from alcohol and replace it with healthier habits so that alcohol basically becomes insignificant. And we're not trying to moderate, we're trying to end the moderation madness that you're stuck in. And we focus on those two areas. Um, okay. And uh, what are some of the, uh, the habits and patterns that you have uh, become aware of? It's um, basically oh, no matter ones. where, you, yeah, no matter where you are in the world, alcohol is a very acceptable behavior. So it's really hard to remove yourself from something that seems so natural and common, and really take a look at how it is in how it's in place in your day-to-day -day life. So that could look like your wine o'clock habit. So when you get in from a busy day at work and you grab that glass of wine at the end of a day to relieve stress or to unwind, it um, is taking a look at how you interact in your social settings because for 99.9% .9 of people, it includes alcohol, how you're looking at uh, the role that alcohol is playing in your life. So is it a stress reliever? Is it a social anxiety lubricant? Is it something that you lean on heavily to get through your day and just figuring out where alcohol shows up in your life? And for most of the people I work with, it's interlaced in every aspect of your life to the point where it's how you identify as a person in society. I don't know how to be myself without alcohol so we really focus on those areas and i think you know that example that you gave where you know somebody comes home from work and they're you know to in order to release the stress of work they'll reach out for that alcohol and it's addressing those patterns isn't it um and yeah. working consciously and unconsciously about beginning to break that pattern and change Correct. that behavior mm -hmm. and figuring out you know different um <clears throat> changes ways you can do that individually specifically mm -hmm. and it's it not about removing and depriving and denying it's simply making shifts to replace to nourish and replenish yeah and what about if you had somebody that came to see you that wanted to stop completely that uh, you know, that was drinking every day. <clears throat> That's fantastic because there is a big movement 
with mindful drinking and just cutting back. And I unfortunately cannot help those people. If I was able to moderate, I would be able to help those people. But what I find is that trying to um, think about not drinking for the rest of my life is too massive. That causes anxiety. That fuels this spiral in and of itself. Well, I'm not sure that I want to give up drinking forever. I just, I, I feel like I just need to take a time out because I've been leaning into this habit a little bit too much and I'm trying to tackle different areas of my life for different reasons. And so that's why we really focus on keeping it all in the day, one day at a time and just taking a break. But if you're already at that point where you're like, I don't want to do this ever again, even better, because that's quite a big hurdle for people. For the majority of people I work with is that that's too, that is too big of a thought for them to make concrete. So we have to break that down into something more tangible, something that is a little less anxious for people so we just keep it in smaller increments. I'm just not going to drink for today. I'm not going to drink for this week so that that feels manageable, something that they can tackle. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a brother who um, has been an alcoholic all his life and is a therapist for the last like 22 years. Obviously, over the years, I've tried to help him. Um, sure. And of course, you know, he's not going to have help from his younger sister, um, but he's not going to have help from anyone. And that is a real struggle for people that have family that are drinking heavily. And he, he um, at the end of last year, um, he spent six weeks in ICU and virtually dead. Um, and now um, because of that, he got um, an infection that went septic um, but because his liver and kidneys weren't working properly he was very pancreas. he's got chronic pancreatitis and has done for the last 20 years um, and so very very sick but anyway he survived and now of course he is not allowed to drink any alcohol whatsoever mm. so that is a huge great big you know huge change in his life um, and, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how we move forward with that. But it's it's a, it's a real difficult, um, you know, pathway that we've all been down when you, you know, you have a loved one that is an alcoholic. Um, and I, my, I have another brother as well that is also an alcoholic, but he doesn't admit that he's an alcoholic. Um, so that it's very common, I think, for you know, in this day and age for people to be, um, you know, to go down that pathway, that slippery pathway, pathway fairly um, easily. Unless, Absolutely. you know, somebody like you is, you know, out there talking about it and, and showing people the tools of how to begin to, to, you know, to, you know, make those changes and start to be what they need to be aware of. Yes. I mean, especially with the pandemic, yeah, so that's many people, really intensified. Yeah, it people's really drink. has. So many people who identified as a social drinker really leaned into that habit when we were in the the depths of the pandemic, and that was the crutch. I mean, it was such a 
anxious time, if you didn't have anxiety or struggle with that, it certainly crept in really fast, really strong during that time for so many of us, myself included. Um, I have six and a half years of not picking up a drink and I navigated the pandemic without drinking. And I, I just thank my lucky stars that I wasn't drinking during that time because I can't imagine what my drinking habit would look like if I was drinking during that time. And for so many people that I work with, it intensified that habit. And now yeah. there's such a movement as we're moving out of the pandemic and somewhat coming back to a normal state of life and living where people are taking a look finally at this pink elephant in the corner to yeah. say, it's time. I know that it's not serving me. I know that I want to create better habits for myself. I have these goals. I want to feel better. I know that this is an issue, even though they might not be using those words yet. Denial is very powerful. Nobody wants to identify that they have a problem. So that's why Absolutely. we don't focus on that question. And it, it's really just how do I tackle this? I know there's something there in the corner and I don't want to look at it, but I know I have to address it. And so many people are coming to terms. And this is where the sober curiosity movement has really amplified the work that I do because people are finally realizing like, hey, there's a life beyond drinking. There's a life beyond alcohol. I don't quite know what that looks like. I don't quite know where to start, but I know I have to address this thing in the corner and hey, I'm I'm seeing the stuff that you're posting. I'm seeing what you're talking about. And that sounds just like me. Yeah. Because there is this middle gray area for so many people. And um, I am happy to share that word and to share that story and to let people know that there's millions of us who are somewhere in that gray zone that don't identify necessarily with having a problem, but we know there's something in that corner that's keeping us from living our best self. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you mentioned about, you know, what we went through with COVID and the amount of people that I have spoken to, my, my clients or friends that had and still are in that pattern of, of reaching out for, for alcohol in, you know, in the evenings where they never used to do that. Right. Yeah. And it, it really is very, um, there are so many people that have got into that habit, that behavior, that pattern. And I mean, just to really quick, the easiest solution so people can have a tangible example of, well, what am I supposed to do? That is part of how I relieve my stress and my anxiety. And we work with replacing the alcohol as opposed to depriving it because when you remove something that you rely on that just sets yourself up for failure is that we keep the ritual, we replace the beverage. So you can still have your wine o'clock ritual reaching for the wine glass, enjoying your beverage in the fancy glass, and we replace the beverage. So you replace it with sparkling water and lemon, uh, kombucha, whatever your beverage of choice is, there's such a movement and that's a whole other topic of non-alcoholic beverages. If yeah. that is yeah. a solution or an option for you, there are so many brands on the market that are exploding because you keep the ritual, you replace the beverage. So you can have a lovely glass of non-alcoholic champagne at five o'clock 
and have that ritual and still feel the dopamine hit when you reach for the glass and take your sip. You're tricking your brain, but you're not giving yourself the alcohol. You're not giving yourself the overconsumption, the hangover, anxiety, shame spirals. And you wake up in the morning and you get to be a productive human in society like you've wanted. So you replace the beverage, but you keep the ritual. So that's an example of how we trick the mind and we replace the habit to something healthier so that you can move forward in your life, making alcohol insignificant. And of course, for people that have um, drunk too much alcohol, that have anxiety, you know, the next day, the anxiety is completely rife, isn't it? It's so much more intensified because of the not even the next day. It's usually the night of when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're brain is on this crazy loop trying to replay what you said what you didn't say how did I act was I inappropriate was somebody more drunk than me and you're just replaying this tape and then forget it if there were some fuzzy spots and now you're trying to put the pieces together and then you have to wake up and start your day and continue in with that spiral it's called the anxiety spiral Mm -hmm. it's the hangover and anxiety blended together and a complete downward spiral that doesn't do any good for you. It doesn't. And, you know, we work to help people get out of that cycle because it's vicious, it's brutal. And the great news is, is there is something on the other side of that that's beautiful and fulfilling and exciting and fun without alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And so how else would you um, help somebody with anxiety, Jamie? Well, I think a big part, which I haven't talked about, is the mindset about what we're telling ourselves. What's on replay? What's that? What's that inner dialogue telling you day in and day out that for so many of us, we have no idea what's even being said. So uh, really getting in there and listening to and acknowledging what's being said day in and day out and working to replace those negative limiting beliefs with something healthier, more positive that fuels the goals that you're looking to achieve and breaking them down into your daily habits. Yeah. So if somebody... um, had anxiety, so the very first thing that they would they would do is to start to be aware of the patterns. Mm -hmm. So let's just say you're having an anxious thought um, uh, about what you did the night before. We're going to work or I will work with people. And I just did this actually with a client yesterday is that there's lessons in the messes. So we just really have to get to a place. And this is why it's working with somebody is so important because we don't have these skill sets. You know, we kind of have to go through it to get to it. So you're going through this anxious thought, this anxious spiral, and what did I do? And oh my gosh. And then that's going to become a memory that's implanted somewhere that we're going to try to numb out with alcohol. Well, we're going to try to extract the lesson because there's lessons in everything that we do. And even if the lesson is, I never want to go through that again, 
Well, how are we going to do that? Here comes the habits. We change our behavior. That's the best way to predict our future. When we're having an anxious thought about whatever it is, what did I do? What did I say? That thing from 10 years ago, that thing from eight decades ago, whatever it is that's implanted somewhere in the body that we're trying to numb out, shove out, not deal with. The best way to predict our future is to change the behavior. So I don't ever want to go through that again. Well, how can I ensure that I'm going to change my behavior? How am I going to change my behavior? I'm going to focus on the habit shifts that I can do within the day. And that's, it sounds so simple. And the big, the big spoiler is it is, but it's not easy. This is daily work that will continue for the rest of your life, adjusting and fine tuning when these anxious thoughts come up. Hey, I hear you. Let's do something about it. And I really work with clients to remind them that now I'm in the driver's seat and we're going to be okay. And we're going to be safe. Yeah. And then changing behavior to ensure that that never happens again. And it's almost like your inner thoughts are finally like, oh, you're listening. Oh, you, you can hear me. I don't have to be so loud and aggressive anymore. And I don't know about anyone else, but I literally feel an exhale when I say, hey, I hear you. I know that you're nervous. I know that you're scared. I know that this was just a crazy ride that we've been on and I'm going to do better. And no matter what, we're going to be okay. And we're going to be safe in that practice of acknowledging being mindful of what's happening with our thoughts and letting them know, I got this. We're going to work together as if it's almost another person. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be safe. We're going to be okay. No matter what. And ensuring that by changing the behavior, that's how you're going to get out of these anxiety thoughts, these anxiety spirals that just stay on loop, that get louder, more obnoxious, more abusive that draw you to the alcohol that draw you to the alcohol because you don't want to deal with it. Mm. But the truth of the matter is when you deal with it, and I'm not saying that it's easy work, it's simple, not easy. You can indeed change, change the behavior so that it never happens again. So this first of all is starting to sort of pay more attention to those negative thoughts that you're having and then starting to acknowledge them and then kind of unraveling those those thoughts in order to be able to connect them to a behavior that drive you to that behavior. And then once you're aware of that behavior, then you can start to change it consciously. Exactly. It's just like unpacking a suitcase. Yeah. Oh, and it, the the wonderful, and I say wonderful because I'm I feel like I've I've gone to the deep dark places. So I've unpacked the top, the middle, and the bottom layers because one thought that you unpack and you're like, oh wow, I had no idea that. Oh, okay, wow, that's that's incredible that I was thinking that I had no idea, and you unpack that. Then there's another layer. Oh, there's those socks that I didn't know where they went missing because they all link together. And when you start the beautiful process of unraveling and reprogramming and changing the behavior, you literally put yourself in the driver's seat to create the life that you've always wanted. And so one thought leads to another thought and then the work will always be there, but it's a beautiful process of unraveling to rebuild and recreate yourself, which is the end game, a sober lifestyle that is only 
visible in your dreams. It becomes tangible. It becomes possible. It becomes real with every step that we're willing to take on this journey. So Jamie, how can people reach out for help with you? Uh, you can find me on a couple different places on the World Wide Web. So starting with, <laughs> with the interwebs, uh, you can find me on my website. Uh, my business is called Hype Girl Healing. So you can find me at hypegirlhealing.com. I am an Instagrammer. So you can find me over at Hype Girl Healing. Or if you are a TikToker, I love that platform. You can find me at OG Hype Girl as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, excellent. So well, we'll come and check you on your TikTok. Hope you've been making Absolutely. some fun TikToks for us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jamie. Absolutely. Totally my pleasure. You know, and sharing all of this, you know, such powerful, positive, helpful information, which is so relevant in this day and age. So thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jamie. And thank you to everybody for listening. And before we go, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes or wherever you may listen. And it would be fantastic if you swiped the right and left us a review. So thank you to everybody for listening. And I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Anxiety Hacks, the podcast. If you've been affected by anything discussed in this presentation and would like further information, please go to katehudson-hall.com. That's katehudson-hall.com.